Do you know that you have an advantage if you're a person of faith in business? Yes, you have an advantage because when you have situations and challenges and don't know what to do, you can go to God and ask him. Our guest today demonstrates the power of faith and a connection with God and how it can be used as your advantage when you're starting, growing, and building a business. You got to hear this story in this episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry Podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. And did I have it? Because tattoo that needs to be it brings in itself and then it opens. I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want you to, to receive a blessing from that. Now here's your host, Kamon Hans. All right, welcome back to the podcast, the Monetize Your Ministry podcast, where we help you discover how you serve others best, your ministry, and teach you how to take it out into the marketplace. Listen. If you have not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe. Go to YouTube, look for the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. And you can subscribe to us on any podcasting platform that you listen to podcasts on. We're there, the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. So I'm super excited today to introduce our guest. Um, This is probably the guest that I've had the longest journey with in terms of knowing them in different settings of life and how they've grown in terms of business, in terms of their, their, their job, career, and to see what God has done to help them discover their ministry and move it out to the marketplace. So I'm super excited today to introduce and present to you Leah Rich- Leah Dean. Leah, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> well, I was Leah Richardson, so I'll, I'll take it. Um, I am really excited to be here. And well, I didn't realize that our journey has been the longest because you know a lot of folks. Yeah, but Leah, so just to give some context and we'll allow uh, you a chance to get to know a little bit more about Leah. But Leah and I went to college together um, back in New York City. And so I've known Leah since we were both teenagers. And that was a few days ago, right? Just just a few. <laughs> just a few days ago when I used to tell you, stop messing around with this actuarial science stuff and go do what you're really supposed to do. You know, that's absolutely true. And it's funny, we were having a conversation as we were preparing for this podcast, and we talked about the shifts of life. And you reminded me that I was in business before I was in ministry, and now this is a full circle, me being back in business. So Leah, I'm excited to have you, my friend, on this podcast for you to share your journey, to share the message and the ministry God has given you. And so I want to help uh, the people who are watching this and listening to this Tell them who is Leah Dean? Who is Leah Dean? (sighs) Well, the official things that I write about myself is that I am an advisor, an author, a speaker, and a coach. I am also a wife, a mom of two teenagers who are very shortly about to go off to college. And I think if I had to kind of try to sum it up. I think given where I am in this season of my life, I would say that I'm becoming, but I'm also unbecoming. So it's been an interesting journey for me. It's becoming, but unbecoming. Wow. You know, we got to unpack that, right? Uh, We're going to unpack that in this podcast episode. You're becoming and you're unbecoming. Now, um, 
we're gonna I'm gonna make sure we go back because we got to talk about some of the what you mentioned our college experience and you encouraging me to go into pastoral ministry. But um, there's some people who may know you and some who don't know you. What is something about you that people would be surprised to learn? Hmm. Um, for the folks who know me, I think it would surprise them to learn that I had no plan to start a business. Mm. You've known me for a long time, so you know that I always have a plan. Yeah. But this one just materialized. And to be honest, I should have seen it coming because I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I genuinely didn't see it coming. And I think that has actually surprised me. I probably surprised myself about myself, if that's even possible. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Because the funny thing you say, it, I, I'm not surprised, right? Knowing just your family history and then working with you, being in school with you, kind of always saw you doing something of your own, charting your own course and having something of your own. So to hear that it surprised you, that's a surprise to me. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I guess might be surprising to folks is that Conduit International Limited is actually my third business, but I didn't really, I, I didn't really notice, I guess, mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. when I was a kid, we had like a popsicle stand. Um, after I had my two kids, I felt like this urge to explore the artistic part of who I am. So I started a luxury diaper cake business. Um, they were gorgeous and it lasted until the orders started to roll in and I decided that I didn't want to create them on demand anymore. It wasn't as fun. So we wrapped up that business, but this is actually um, my third, my third foray into business. All right. All right. Well, third time's the charm and uh, we're excited to, to hear about your business, to hear about your book and some of the exciting things that are coming up in uh, Leah Dean world. So go back. Let's go back all the way. We're both college students in Manhattan at a small college called the College of Insurance. And uh, it's so funny when I was going to college there, it was almost like you didn't want to tell people you went to school called the College of Insurance. Right. We had less than 200 full time students, but we were both studying. Um, I was studying to be an actuary. That's the person that calculates risk. And you were on what side of, of, uh, of the insurance business at that time? I was studying um, insurance and risk management. So I was planning to move back to Bermuda to become an underwriter. That was right. the path that I was on. Right. And and what happened then? Like, because I know I took a different path, right? After I graduated, <laughs> I went off. And uh, that's because of people like you. And really, honestly, it was, it was God had been leading in my life. I had been resisting. But I went to become a full-time pastor. And you, um, what happened with your journey? So I finished my undergrad at the College of Insurance. And then just because of the way that they structured everything, I decided that I would do my master's as well. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing my master's, because of the way that I was able to schedule all of my classes, almost my entire last semester was nothing but HR classes. And I remember thinking to myself as I was sitting in class one day, if I could do this all over again, this is what I would have went to university to do. I would have skipped mm -hmm. insurance altogether. But then at that point, I was, you know, a couple credits away from a master's degree. I had a job lined up. I was like, I'm going back home. That's going to be my life. And so I get home and 
and we're going to start to talk about tribes and how people can change your life. I get home and I start to feel this sense of uneasiness. I've now come to recognize that uneasiness as the prodding of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I started to feel this uneasiness. And I went in and I asked the head of HR, I know you have a job for me, but could I do a different job for a year? Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to tell you, I worked in HR for over 20 years, and I've never had someone come in and say, thanks for the job, but can I have a different job? Like, right. So I don't even know where that came from other than that prodding that said, you have to do this. And so um, I have to actually call her and tell her how grateful I am. She looked at me like I was a little crazy, and then she said, I'll think about it, and I'll call you back. So anyway, two weeks later, she calls me back and she says, I've organized a rotation program for you. You're going to start in investor relations, then you're going to go to claims, then you're going to work with the chief administrative officer, and then you're going to underwriting. And that is where you'll stay. So that was the plan. Anyway, long story short, in my second rotation with the chief administrative officer, I had become really good friends with her assistant. We talked a lot. And that particular organization, it was an insurance company, so I was working for an insurance reinsurance company, but they had just hired a global head of HR because they were about to embark on this globalization strategy. We were about a thousand employees at the time and they were going to grow exponentially. That was the the strategic plan. And so they hired this global head of HR and he comes in and he says, I have some work to do, but I don't have any staff. And he had come like out of the big banks, the investment firms. And he says, we're all the MBA students like that, you know, I can just ask to do work. And so my boss's assistant says to him, well, there's Leah. She's working in our team. And, um, you know, there's just something about when we connect with people and really committing to those moments such that when when you're not in the room, people will answer you. And so I actually saw her a few weeks ago and I hugged her because that one question changed the entire course of my life. Um, and so I spent 20 years in HR after that. Like, wow. Um, that's still blows my mind. <laughs> that's so interesting. You were supposed to end up in one field, right? Underwriting, you had those plans, but you felt a stirring, right? There was yeah. something that God was prodding in you and you took the step to ask someone and just just hearing how someone, this guy's asking this question, this lady hears it and she mentions you and it sets you now into your path, your career path. Now talk about in your role doing HR work, um, what made you at some point decide, hey, I want to kind of make a transition out of this, right? You were successful, you were doing well, and I'm sure there were other opportunities, other doors that were going to be opened up for you. What made you decide to make that shift now to say, I'm going to step away from this. I have to tell you, the only way I can explain it is that feeling again, um, because I would have never left. And in fact, it was my intention to go back a year later after I left. I was having a time of my life. I worked for um, a really um, well-known, prominent reinsurance company in Bermuda. We were doing exciting work. We had completed two deals. Um, over a billion dollars. And it was just for me, it was exciting. I was um, sitting on a board, like I just everything about my work life at that moment, I loved it. 
except for because I'm so driven, I think mm-hmm. I was starting to push, like physically, I was starting to push boundaries um, in terms of just my health. And um, because I just liked my work that much. And I just felt, again, that prodding say, you know what, it's time for you to take a step back. And I need you to listen. I need you to focus on your husband. I need you to focus on your kids. And I'll give you your next set of instructions. And so even though I didn't really want to, I went in and I talked to my CEO and we had a good conversation and I decided that I was going to leave. And he said, do you want to come back? And I really wanted to say yes. But again, that Prompton just said, no, you're not to go back. You are, you're just going to jump. Wow. And so I jumped. <laughs> now, now, okay. So by the way, if you ever look up the word driven in the dictionary, you're going to see Leah's picture. <laughs> I remember we were at school. You were doing all the things you were, I think you were you were work- were you working at the gym? Or oh, I know you were there all the time, so you might as well have been working there. No, I worked in the gym. Yeah, I ran I, I the gym. It. Yeah, right. Like you were doing so many things at the same time. So to go from the pace that you were going, you were talking about in your job, to stepping away, I know that that had to be definitely a divine call. I'm sure there were a lot of conversations with you and God, and of course, conversation with you, your husband, you and your family. But did you step away before? Did the book? come before you stepped away, you stepped away and then the book came? So actually, that's a great question. Yes, it did. So while I was still working, um, I I just had this desire. Um, actually, no, it wasn't a desire. It was an instruction. So mm. I had been asking God, like, what do you want me to do? What do you want yeah. me to do? What do you want me to do? And one morning I was sitting at my kitchen table. I remember it like it was yesterday because, you know, you hear the kind of the voice inside, but this actually felt like more of a conversation. And and the question I was asking was, what do you want me to do? And he says, you're going to use everything that you know, and you've learned to help women and girls. And that's all I got. Right. Mm -hmm. And so shortly thereafter, I hosted an event for 37 women. Um, It was a three day event. And I think for a lot of the women, when I look at what they're doing now, it was transformational. So we had 37 women, probably about 12 girls. And then a month later, I said, hmm, let's do this again. So I asked those 37 women to invite their friends. And so we did another event in January um, with, I think, 66 women. And so we were like when I say we, I had a volunteer team at the time because I did all of that. Um, I ran that organization like a charity. I didn't take any money from it. In fact, I probably invested more in it and gave Mm -hmm. more to it. Um, So it was a whole volunteer group. They came over after the the event and we were just talking and having a good time and talking about how, how excited we were. And so I must have gone to sleep at about two in the morning. And at five o'clock, I was up again. Now, if anybody knows me, I like my sleep. I'm like a seven, eight hour girl <laughs> if I can get away with it. And so at five o'clock, when I felt like this urge to get up, I was just like, there's no way I'm getting up on three hours sleep. I want to go back to sleep. And that prodding, like get up and go to your computer, get up and go to your computer. I was like, you know, after about an hour, I gave in. And I would say within maybe 45 minutes to an hour, I had an outline for an entire book. Wow. Now I've taken classes on writing and structuring the outline, as my book coaches tell me, is actually one of the harder pieces to do. 
and it literally just poured onto the paper. And so because it, I would say it was divinely inspired, I committed, I think four hours. So my kids were quite young, but on Sunday mornings, everybody slept in. So while I was still working, while I was doing all the stuff and the boards and the conferences and all of that, every Sunday from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., I would get up and write in this book. Now, I had to put it down when we were doing kind of the heavy deal stuff. So when I left, that was one of the things that I was going to do. I was going to finish writing this book and spend and take off a year to hang out with my family. So the book idea came before, right? And the outline was there. But then I remember that. I remember you took a retreat and all those things to, to get the book written. I remember that. Now, Leah, it's interesting to me. Um, and it just hit me as you were mentioning it. I remember you were doing some of those activities with women, gathering women together. And you could see that there is there was a passion that was inside of you to bring women together, to create connections and to create wholesome, like just bonding for women. Kind of where did that start from? I'm, I know you've probably been asked that question before. Where, where did that start from? I mean, other than the instruction that that is what you're going to do, um, I don't talk about this much, but when I was a little girl, I would go to my grandmother's house and my grandmother's house was where, where everybody gathered. Mm -hmm. And if I talk to my mom now, you know, she says your grandmother was the original tribe builder because mm -hmm. my mom has 50 first cousins. So you can imagine how big that family is. And it would be my grandmother that pulled everybody together. Um, I happen to, so for those who don't know much about Bermuda, Bermuda is an island. It's 21 square miles, but it's kind of bigger islands that are connected together by bridges. My family, my parents wanted to raise us in a non-traditional way. And so they decided they were going to move off to one of the smaller islands. So every day I had to take a boat, drive our boat to get to school or work or whatever. And so we lived on this small island. And so because we were over on the island, I didn't get to spend as much time as I wanted to with my family. And so I had my church family, but then all of these relationships were fleeting. And even on the island, it was a tourist, um, it was a, sorry, it was a campground. And so during the summer, thousands of people and i was a little i was a social child thousands of people would flood onto this island and then end up early august mid-august they would all disappear and so i kind of always felt like there was this i would have tribe for a while but then it would go away you know even with my family i would spend time with them but then i would go away and so i don't know i think somewhere in my psyche um, in the recesses of my mind, I was always looking for this place where I could find my people um, and they would stay. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Leah Dean is our guest today. Um, and she said it, she's a tribe builder. And you and I've talked about this, by the way, I have your book with me here. Hopefully you can all can see it. Uh, here we go. Assemble. Where's the Assemble word? Assemble the tribe. Assemble the tribe. And as you and I've talked about this, I've had a chance to read your book. I realized that more, I'm sure we're talking about women now, more women 
need this message, right? Because for so many people, success can make can be isolating. Um, life, right? Having a family and different things, it can isolate us and make us feel more and more disconnected from others. And as I've, you know, just looking at your story, hearing your background in HR, people being a thing that, you know, it's a focus of that. I just feel like everything in your life has come together to help shape this ministry that God has given you. Because I know it's a business, but I think it's a business built on serving people. And so I just wanted to get your reflection on um, that 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 thought <laughs> that this is God shaping you to, to bring this message out into the world. Well, listen, I, I believe that purpose is the reason why we exist, right? Mm -hmm. And so if purpose is the reason why we exist, then it has to be inside you. It's not something that you have to look for, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, about examining what has God gifted you to do? What are the hidden connections or the patterns that keep showing up in your life? And so when I look back at all of the things, um, it is all the same thing. I can I can build tribes wherever I go, right? If it's in a corporate setting, I'm helping to create spaces where people can thrive, where they can belong and experience belonging. It could be in a friendship group. It could be in my business. It could be in one of the conferences or events that I'm producing. It's all the same stuff. And so at this stage in my life, I mean, my business is called Conduit International to remind me, because I've done the planning, and I've tried to orchestrate everything myself, or at least so I thought, but it's to remind me that I'm the conduit for whatever God wants me to do. And I know that nine times out of 10, that's going to have something to do with bringing people together because that has been my journey. So I, I agree with you, um, but I don't know that I was always able to see it as clearly as I see it now. Yeah. Now, you said something in the opening that I want to revisit here. You said you are becoming and unbecoming. What did you mean by that? So when I think of myself, I think of myself as corporate business woman. That's why I tell you I wasn't really planning to do this whole entrepreneurship thing. I loved my job. I would be happy to stay, happy to retire there. Um, and so shifting over to entrepreneurship, it it tests you in ways that are different from the thing that you're comfortable with. And That's I know right. you know this. Say that, say that, say that, <laughs> say for the people in the back and the front, right? Um, and so I go from feeling reasonably confident in what I'm doing to this world of entrepreneurship where there's so much that I don't know. And it's such a big, humongous landscape and tapestry of like the world to explore. And so I say, as I'm stepping into that, every day I'm becoming something different, something better. But for me, actually, the biggest part of my personal work has been unbecoming. Yeah. So um, whether it's my drive to take control, um, my drive to plan, my drive to get up every day and work um, at 110%, I've had to learn how to rein all of that back in. And I say I've had to learn, like God, God took me down a path to teach me the hard way. Um, I had, I had this disorder that at one point it, I couldn't even walk. Um, I, I was, 
I used to experience um, migraines. And so all of my work I had to do in like 60 to 90 minute sprints. So a lot of folks would look at kind of what I was posting and they would say, okay, she's just very efficient. Well, actually, no, I couldn't work for more than 60 to 90 minutes at a time. I would get a, I, they call it a migraine or, or it would like start on the side of my face and I would feel it tingling and it would move up and then go back, you know, to the back of my head. And I literally could not have gone back and done the things that I used to do. And so the way that I manage it is through sleep, through diet. Um, through exercise, and um, they're very much lifestyle type interventions because there really isn't any medication that keeps it at bay. And so I've had to learn how to unbecome all of the things wow. that made me successful, wow. which is, I think, and I think it's in service to God helping me understand that my life is a ministry. Because a lot of what happens now, I'm not really controlling it. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, God, what are we doing today? And he brings opportunities. He brings people to me. Um, things that I couldn't have made up in my wildest imagination. Um, and so it's a very different way of living. It's I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to grind. I'm going to make it happen to, okay, God, what you got for me? and realizing that some of the things he has for us are actually better than what we had before. So that's why I say I'm becoming and I'm becoming. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so glad you said that, Leah. There's, I, I will say this. I don't do enough of a job just talking about this advantage that we have, right? We talk about monetizing your ministry. There's an advantage we have with ministry-based businesses. And that advantage is God, right? God is the one who can give you the ultimate strategy. He can guide you. And, and you just talked to us about as a planner, right? Before we got on here, you said, I think you said you plan your spontaneity. Is that what you said? <laughs> plan to be spontaneous. Yes. Right. As a planner, you're, you're saying, listen, I'm submitting this business to God and knowing that his shifts his adjustments are for a better good that I may not see right now. But and so anyone who's in business, if you're a person of faith, like do not like ignore this strategic advantage you have, which is a connection with God. Yeah. Every year since I left the corporate world, I've had a year Sorry, I've had a word that I study, that I journal. And so last year in 2022, my word was freedom. And I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, God, why freedom? Like for mm -hmm. all intents and purposes, I'm free. Yeah. You know, I, in my own business, I can decide which clients. Well, you help me decide which clients I take or don't take. Like I'm free. And at the end of the year last year, he said, Leah, your freedom is only going to be realized in your release. Mm. I was like, what does that mean? Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happened, like in my family, um, you know, illnesses and things like that, where I've literally had to just say, you know what, you take it because it's bigger than me. Yeah. Like, you know, I say this is above my pay grade. It's bigger than me. Um, and so it's just been such an interesting journey. And he said to me, listen, you've given me everything, but you haven't given me a business. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like every, I actually have a day where I pray for my business. What do you mean? 
I haven't given you my business. Like I go off once a year and I do my strategic planning and there's prayer involved. And it's like, no, it's like you are still churning too much and thinking about this too much. It's like when you, when you reflect, what is the thing that keeps you up the most? Mm. And it was, what is the direction of my business? He's like, you got to give it all to me, give it all. And so at the beginning of this year, I was just like, all right, I'm just giving it all to you, whatever you want, that is what I will do. And um, I say this as a testimony to the rest of your audience and those who are striving to be better entrepreneurs, um, those are, who are striving to really let their work be their ministry. This has been the most successful year by every measure mm. since I started my business. Wow. Wow. And so, you know, where he says, try me and see, well, I said, okay, fine. I'm going to try you this year. And that has been my experience. Just the stuff. And I journaled it. So the number one piece of advice that I give to all entrepreneurs, I just got to throw this in there. Throw it in, throw it in. Is, um, it's, over on the, it's over on the desk over there. I have a journal. I started it by accident. Um, the, week, the, the month I released the book, Assemble the Tribe, and somebody did something that blew my mind. Like she just rocked up and she bought two cases of books. I don't know where she came from. She's just like, it has touched me. I want to give this to other women. Can I have two cases of books? And so I said, ooh, what if I journaled all of the things in my business that happened that blew my mind? Now, I don't journal in this journal often. Um, unless something happens. So it could be months, it could be weeks, it could be back-to-back -back days, it just depends. But what that has allowed me to see is the pattern of God, mm. you know? And what I've learned is that sometimes that thing that comes, that potential client is not actually supposed to be a client. It's just that on that particular day, God needed to remind you that he could do anything. And so he sent the opportunity. So the work is actually just saying, you know what? I'm gonna release the outcome. You decide if this is gonna materialize or not, but I'm gonna release it. So that journal is probably one of the most precious things that I have in wow. my business, for my business. And it's and in those moments where I'm like, am I really on the right track? And what am I doing? I can go back and read the journal and now I can see the pattern of God, which is very powerful in my experience. I love it. I love it. So, Leah, um, what's your word for this? What's the word for this year? Frequency. Oh, frequency. I was going to say, was it release? Because <laughs> I, <thought, laughs> I thought it was release. Right? <laughs> no, that was freedom. Last okay. year was freedom. This year was frequency. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I want I want us to dig into a few things in on the rest of our time. I want us to talk about the methods that you've used to monetize. So what are the ways you've built your business in terms of products and services? And I, then I want to talk about some exciting things that you have going on, some some new releases that are coming out, right? So talk to us about the book came out. And as you mentioned, right, you left your job. What did you first put out as your offering beyond the book as ways for people to now do business with you? So this was this was actually where I struggled a bit and I had mm -hmm. to go out to the tribe to take advice. Bible says that many are the plans, but it is the Lord's that will 
prevail, but it also says that in a multitude of consoles, there is safety. So I'm like, I better go talk to some folks because I'm not where to stop, not sure where to start. Because clearly my heart wanted to stay with the book, which is more of a everyday woman, large scale, um, big, I like these things, right? But I wasn't sure that that was the right place. And so I took some advice and the advice that I got was when you're entering into the marketplace, start with the place where you always have, where you already have mastery. Mm. That was just- Say that again, say that again. When you're entering the marketplace, start in the place where you always have, where you already have mastery. And so I thought about what are the areas where I feel comfortable, where, where do I have authority? And so I then said, I'm going to start a leadership program. That's where I started. Mm-hmm. And But here's the beautiful thing. The leadership program is based or, or is rooted in the tribe building formula from my book. So there's a simple formula that I um, was gifted with. It's based on the story of Christ. That's a whole nother conversation for the next book. But the simple formula is believe, belong, be different. Right. Mm-hmm. If you want to build a tribe, whether at work in your personal professional life, it first starts with believing in your value. Right. Who who what are your strengths? What are your gifts? Who were you created to be? And I believe that your gifts will be gifts for someone else. You look like yeah. You something. Yeah, I want to ask you, are we and this is my fault. Can you define for us when you use the word tribe, what do you mean? Because I want to make sure our, our listeners, our viewers get that. Uh, what you mean. So Tribe is a complicated word. And in 2020, when I released the book, there were lots of elections going on. You only had to watch the news. Everyone was talking about tribalism. My mm-hmm. husband would come in every couple of weeks and say, do you really want to use that word? I don't think you should use that word. So I had to do a lot of research about the word. Like I went all the way back to 13th century mm-hmm. um, English and um did some exploration into what social scientists have to say about the word. Some said, some say keep it, others say throw it out and don't use it. Um, some people think of tribe as a group. Well, what's a group? A group is two or more. So I always thought tribe was like when I was going to get eight, 10 people together and we were going to live and and um, love and, and, and enjoy life together. But it had to be a big group. Well, tribe is two. Um, So I just learned a lot of things. And so for the purposes of the book, I decided to create a simplified definition. And so the definition that I use for tribe is that a tribe, actually, let me go back. The reason why I decided and I got really comfortable with using the word is because it is complicated. Mm -hmm. And if there's any word that describes who we are as human beings, it's the word complicated. That's right. Right. So my definition that I use for the word tribe is that a tribe is individually complex people who choose to come together to create relationship. Wow. Right. Complex, choose and create. Those are the three things I need you to remember about um, tribe. And so that's how I define it. And so then the next question is, well, how do we create tribe if we're so complicated? Well, the answer is you need to believe, belong, be different. So what does that mean? So to believe means I need to believe in my value. If I'm talking about it from a spiritual sense, I need to believe in who God created me to be. And so one of the stories that I like to tell about believing in your value is um, my book is 
a combination of my own story, other people's stories, and a little bit of science, right? Because I didn't want folks to think that this is just kind of Leah's opinion. Actually, no, there's a lot of science around why we need relationships. And so I started to get on this rabbit hole on the brain science of relationships. And I met a neuroscientist and she was talking to me about kind of belief. And a lot of us, when we struggle with our confidence, we struggle in believing who we created who we were were created to be, we start to tell ourselves a story and a narrative. And she said, Leah, after she happened to be a Christian, she said, after I finished my neuroscience degree, I went back into the Bible and I read everything that the Bible had to say about the mind. And I knew that I needed to start to tell myself a different story. So she said every single day she woke up and she spoke life. Uh And so as you can imagine, I'm about to launch this whole book I have never done a podcast. I don't like I used to audit myself on on social media and the Internet to make sure you could find very little about me other than what I was required to do for work. So I was feeling really vulnerable. And um, I remember her saying, you have to create new neuropathways. You have to create a new narrative. And I said, well, how do you do that? And she said, well, if you go on TikTok, they'll tell you that it only takes 21 days to build a habit. She said, "Mm -mm." she said, if you want a really good, healthy neuropathway, you're looking at 175 days plus, depending on kind of what you're trying to unravel. So I started to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I started to think about it and I said, hmm, what can I do? Because something has to change. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel this vulnerability forever. And so I went into the Bible and I looked for texts that said, who am I to God? And I found 13 of them that spoke to me. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. I'm a conqueror. Mm-hmm. I'm a masterpiece. I'm bold. I'm protected. I'm a child of God. And I, I just had these 13 and I got up every morning and I read them every day, all 13 for an entire year Wow. until it was so ingrained in my spirit that I could face the world believing in who he created me to be, recognizing that I'm perfectly imperfect and that I'm growing. And I, I tell the leaders in my programs, never confuse your value with your growth. Wow. Like sometimes we get it twisted. Never confuse your, your value, value with, your with your growth. We can always learn more. Right. So, so Lee, I want to jump in here. So you, you said, because this is the part that it stuck with me when you first said it. And I don't know why I, haven't, I can't let it go. You went back to the place that you had mastery in. So you took the framework, the believe, the belong, be different, and you created a leadership program. Yeah. Kind of talk to us about how you even like started pushing that out there, that message. Because as as you're explaining this message, some people might say, well, why would leadership or companies or individuals in that space be interested in a message like that. It's not telling them how to make more money. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not the traditional stuff that we think people in leadership care about. I am so glad you asked. So let's finish the formula. So we'll we'll push the thread through for everybody. So if you want to build tribes, it's believe, belong, be different. If you want to lead tribes, it's still believe, belong, be different, right? Because if I'm a leader and I don't believe that I belong in the seat, which is an issue that a lot of women struggle with, that imposter syndrome, even men, I talk to mm-hmm. them. They don't True. always say it in public, right? Then, then we're going to 
what I like to say is if you don't deal with your own brokenness, you take that brokenness into relationships at work or at him and you break them, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm insecure, I don't have the conversations I should have. Because I'm insecure, I don't hire the person who is better than me, who would help the organization and my team to be more successful, right? We have all of these things inside of us. So that's where the belief part comes in. And then as we're doing the self-work, as leaders specifically and individuals, we need to find places to belong and experience belonging, right? And there's a lot of science around low quality relationships and isolation and what that does mm -hmm. to your health and your well-being if you don't have it. And so I think in the same way that it applies in our personal life, it surely applies from a leadership perspective. And I tell the leaders in my program, the environment that you create at work is going to have far reaching effects on not only your health and happiness, but that long-term health and happiness of your staff, you need to take that environment very serious. And so the belong part is as a leader, what am I doing to create spaces and places where people can feel that sense of belonging? Um, the last part of the formula is to be different. When I talk about it in the book, I'm saying to be different is to be open to new relationships and thriving in the relationships that we have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes when we find places to belong and experience belonging, something sinister happens, right? We're, we're investing, we're putting in time, effort, and emotion, which is what we need to do to keep it healthy. But then we start excluding everybody else because I found my tribe, right? And so the be different part is I need to make an intentional effort both to keep this tribe healthy, but also to be open to others. And when I wow. talk about it in a leadership context is given the value system that you have, how are you going to use that mindset to actually help you achieve your work? And so I talk to them a lot about um, being open to diverse ideas and inviting their employees into the strategy process so that they can get better results. And I tell them, you know, one of my best advisors that I've ever had, actually, I've had several, were my assistants. They weren't mm -hmm. the SVPs in my team. They were brilliant. But I would sometimes go to my assistant to get what I needed in terms of figuring out how to work some things through strategically. And so if you're a leader and you say, listen, everybody has value. Everybody has something to offer. Everybody has interests. I'm a certified strengths coach, right? We bring things. People are bringing things to the table every day that you don't understand, that you don't even realize they have. Be different. Go the extra mile. Find out what they are and tap into it because that is when your team is going to get the best results. I love it. Believe, belong, be different. Believe, Leah, belong, be different. Give, give us like, okay, so I want you to put on your business coach cap, right? There's someone else who is looking to get started or started in business. You've been doing this now for at least, is it two years, three years? How long? Three years. Three years. What's one tip you would say to someone, um, like quick tip that in terms of business success, something you've learned that you would say, I want to tell that to the to Leah of three years ago. I, this, this is something you could share with them now. The thing that's been sitting with me for the last couple of weeks is just this quick quote, thoughts change destiny and conversations change lives. Thoughts change destiny and conversations change lives. How you think and the story you tell yourself every day is going to have a significant impact 
on how you show up as a leader or in the or anywhere in the marketplace for that matter. And then the majority of my work that I do is actually coaching people to get ready for conversations because we don't like them. Mm. Right? That whole that whole fright or flight thing starts to kick kick in. And um, when I tell folks in, in some of my classes, when we're talking about conflict and conversations, I remind them that just hearing the word no starts to raise your cortisol levels. And so a big part of the work is, can I just have the necessary conversation? It doesn't have to be risky. It doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be dangerous. It's just necessary yeah. because if not, we can't coexist together. And yeah. if we can't, then I can't be here. So the conversation is necessary. And so I would encourage that person to get support because it's normal. It's normal to feel um, like you don't know, right? That's yeah. why I said what I said earlier about confusing value as, as um, with your growth. Um, the other thing on this particular point that's important to know is that confidence most of us want to think about it as certainty. Mm. Like I want to wake up every day and know exactly what I'm supposed to do. But I've been thinking about it in the last couple of weeks. So what can we be certain of really? Like I'm certain that I'm going to die. Yeah. And taxes. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, what else can we really be certain about? So that can't be it. Yeah. And so I, I, when I talk about confidence, I say to folks, look, it's a continuum. And you're going to slide up and down that confidence curve. And so it's really faith or belief that you can figure it out. Like with God, your tribe, your expertise, the things that you've already mastered, you can figure it out. And so yeah. the stories that you tell yourself play such a huge role in your ability to take risk. Yeah. That's whether great. that's as a leader or as an entrepreneur. Leah. Love that. By the way, my word for the year is confidence. So thank you for that re reframing of it because you're right. It's not certainty, right? I'm not certain, but it's that like, I can figure this out. There is yeah. that, there's that confidence that I can figure it out. I want to talk about what's going on with your book. There is something new and, and we're recording this, but when this gets released, this will be the week of a major release uh, for you. Kind of talk to us about what's happening. So I am excited on November the 15th, which is the release date. We will be releasing the audiobook for Assemble More the now. Tribe. <laughs> um, I had intended to do it being the planner and organizer, organizer that I am. I had intended to release it within six months to a year of releasing the book. But, you know, for a number of reasons, yeah. it just didn't happen. And so we're releasing the audio book for the first time. And on Black Friday, we will also be releasing the discussion guide that accompanies the audio book, which will be available for immediate download on my website. So for those who are you know, excited about this idea of tribe and want to bring a group of people together to talk about the book, the discussion guide has over 100 questions that and, and tips and tools about how to moderate the group. And so I'm excited. That's those are just two of the things that are coming up. I love it. I love it. You said those are just two of the things. So <laughs> that means there are more things coming up. And if people want to make sure that they are staying in tune with all things that are happening in your world, tell us where can they connect 
and uh, maybe a free resource that you have there. Like, tell us how we can stay on this journey that God has you on. So to visit and join the tribe, you can go to my website, which is www.leahjmdean.com. You, for those of you that are watching this, you'll see my name, just all one, leahjmdean.com. And um, on social media, I am on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, again, same handle at Leah JM Dean. And then for those who are ready to just jump in and get started with creating their tribes, um, I have a free resource, which is called the dare, right? Because putting together groups, sometimes it almost feels like a dare, um, a decision that you have to make a, a courageous decision that you have to make. And so I have kind of a simple um, framework that I use for helping people to build those tribes. And so if you go www.leahjmdean backslash dare, then you will be able to get my free resource. The other really cool thing is if you buy the audiobook, there is a very short chapter at the very, very end, which will give you the information that you need to get access to an entire bonus portal that I have built just for my readers. And so the dare will be in there along with a whole bunch of other stuff that I've never released anywhere. There are tips on building tribes. There's tips for leaders on building tribes. There's videos about, I think, the top five things that I've learned since releasing the book. So there's some new insights or maybe I wrote something in the book and I disagree with it today. So there's just a lot of stuff in there that people will be able to access for free if they pick up the audiobook. I love it. LeahJMDean.com at LeahJMDean. And you said the free resource is LeahJMDean.com forward slash D-A-R-E. D-A-R-E. You got it. Leah, I just want to uh, say this, right? Congratulations for being <laughs> in ministry, right? <laughs> I'm so excited to say that to you because you uh, were there encouraging me to go into pastoral ministry. And here I am excited to see that you're in ministry, but you are in ministry in the marketplace. And, and it's so wonderful to see how your, like, all your experiences, things from your childhood, your story, um, from your, your job, right, your career, and how God has used all of that and shaped all of that to now make me put this this ministry in your heart and now you're moving out into the marketplace to help people and help especially women and girls to build tribes i'm so excited for you my friend uh, so glad that you were able to take some time to be on the podcast thank you for what you share with us today and thank you for having me it is always a pleasure to to be in your company so thank you awesome and for all of you watching this there's so many nuggets today so many things that you learned my my just appeal to you is um, take the inspiration, take the nuggets and take action. Don't sit on it. Don't sit on what God has given you. Take action and take your ministry out into the marketplace. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.